0: Section twenty one of Mrs. Diamond. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mrs. Diamond by Anne Isabella Thackeray Ritchie. Book two, chapter thirteen about Frazy A tiny now ere long she'll please to totter at my parent knees and crow and try to chatter and soon she'll come to fair white frocks and frisk about in shoes and socks her totter change to patter and soon she'll play ay soon enough at cowslip ball and blind man's bluff and some day we shall find her grow weary of her toys indeed she'll fling them all aside to heed a footstep close behind her lockers london lyrics the sound of children's footsteps pattering about the house is perhaps the sweetest music that has ever fallen on listening mothers ears or that their hearts have ever kept time to when susanna diamond first heard her little phrases merry heels stumping overhead her first waking hours seemed to brim over with happiness the thought of her little one seemed to shine in her face to beam from her eyes some indescribable new charm was hers small and young as Phraisie was she seemed to fill the whole big house at Crowbeck from her early morning to her no less early evening for Phraisie set with the sun in winter and went to roost in summer time with her favourite cocks and hens she was a friendly generous companionable little soul as soon as Phraisie was able to walk at all it was her pleasure to trot up to the people she loved with little presents of her own contriving bits of string precious crusts portions of her toys broken off for the purposes of her generosity da says she stuffing a doll's leg into her big sister's hand Phraisie was rather bored when poor tempy suddenly caught her up hugged her passionately kissed her ah da da dad no no cries little sister objecting and tearing out a handful of tempy's red locks in self-defence Fay, as Phraisie called herself was certainly one of the round pegs for which the round holes are waiting in the world no hard sides no square ill-fitting corners but kind soft nests already lined with love and welcome miss Phraisie, perching on her mother's knee took it all as a matter of course how could she little baby that she was guess at the tender wild love which throbbed in her mother's heart at the wonder and delight her father felt as he gazed at his pretty shrine of home and motherhood at the sweet wife the round happy baby face and the little legs and arms struggling with jolly exuberance and even old and wise and experienced as we are and babies no longer i wonder which of us could count up all the love which has been ours all the fond looks the tender innocent pride which has been given to us so Phraisie went her way unembarrassed by false humility Tempy was devoted to the child and seemed to find her best companionship with that small and cheerful person she used to carry Fei Fey about in her arms all over the place, up into her room, out into the garden again, from the garden to the pigsty, from that fascinating spot to the poultry-yard where the chickens were picketing round about the chalet where their koshen china mothers were confined, or to the stables where the puppies were squeaking in the straw it would be hard to say when the stable door opened letting in the light and the crumbs of cake and miss Phraisie and her capers whether the puppies or Phraisie most enjoyed each other's society these youthful denizens of crowbeck seemed made for one another she was not very unlike a little curly puppy herself in her ways confident droll eager expecting the whole world from her father downward to have nothing better to do than to play with her to hide behind doors and curtains to go down on all fours if need be jocelyn was also among her subjects but for the first two years of miss phrase's existence he was very little at home the year and a half after his father's marriage were spent at a private tutor's then came cambridge and new interests and new life for the young man while tempy lived on still in the old life among the old thoughts and prospects for tempy time did not efface old feelings but only repeated those of the past more vividly perhaps her father took it for granted that because she was silent all was as he wished and that she had ceased to think of charles bolsover indeed one day he said as much with quiet satisfaction to susanna who looked a doubtful acquiescence but tempy grew more and more reserved about herself neither to her inquiring aunt fanny nor to her stepmother would she speak any more i think Phraisie was the only person to whom tempy diamond ever made any confidences don't tie toto said Phraisie one day toes its naughty." Tempe laughed, and began to play Bo Peep behind the sheet of the Times, which had made her cry. It was a June Day Times, with Oxford and Cambridge lists in its columns. Phraisie couldn't read, and had never heard of any prize poem, except perhaps see-saw Marjorie Daw, or she might have seen that Charles Bolsover of St. Boniface was the prize poet of the year. It was later in the afternoon of that same summer's day that the Diamond family, tempted out by the beauty of the weather, in company with numerous other families of the earth and the air and the water, might have been seen quietly walking by the fieldway towards Bolsover Hall. A message had come up from Aunt Fanny, stating that signs and tokens had arrived from the roving uncle Peregrine Bolsover. These strange camphor-scented treasures used to appear from time to time, giving some clue to the donor's travels. He hated writing and preferred this means of communication with his friends. Tempe was even more silent than usual as she walked along the slope of the field, leading little Phraisie by the hand. At every step the child stooped to pick the heads of the delicate flowers that were sprinkling the turf with purple and white and golden dust. The colonel walked on with Susanna, the hour was full of exquisite peace and tranquillity and summer distance as they cross the Crowbeck meadows they lead by a short cut to the garden of the hall the soft wind meets them blowing from across the lake and tossing the fragrance which still hangs from every hedge and bank and neighbouring cottage porch into their faces white roses in sweet clusters lilies from adjacent cottage gardens scent the highways a little stream dashes across the way watering the green meadows on either side and Phraisie, laughing and chattering is lifted over the june fields are sumptuous with flowers and splendid weeds foxgloves stand in stately phalanx full beds of meadow sweet are waving the blue heads of the forget-me-not cover the water's edge a broad plank crosses the bubbling rivulet and leads to the upslope and to the bolsover farm beyond where the cows are browsing or looking over the low walls that enclose their boundaries a colony of ducks comes down to the water from under the farm gate waddling with beautiful white breasts duck duck pity, iddy quack quacks papa duck cries Phraisie, setting off running after her parents and the colonel stops and looks at ducks with an interest in them he has not felt for half a century while susy smiling stands gazing at her little blue-eyed naturalist at bolsover hall miss Phraisie was a no less important member of the family than at crowback place the good-natured squire used to waylay her as she was walking up the avenue and bring her by the back way into his private room where he would detain her by many interesting and rapidly following experiments the click of pistols red balls from the billiard-table whips spurs shiny noisy whirling objects of every possible description until presently mrs bolsover would appear followed by a couple of aunt fanny's dogs with a baby baby don't disturb your uncle and then the fickle Phraisie, starting off in pursuit, would forget her uncle's past attentions and leave him panting, but tidy as ever, to put by all the many charming objects he had produced for her benefit. It would be difficult to imagine anything less congruous than the squire and his favourite gun-room, where he spent so many peaceful hours. It might have seemed at first view a terrific apartment, a death's head and crossbones, stuck up by Charlie Bolsover, ornamented the top of the old-fashioned clock along the fireplace nothing more terrible than a row of pipes heads might be seen hanging from pegs but everywhere upon the walls were murderous weapons shining in their places revolvers cross foils and fencing implements a great curling sword all over ornaments and flourishes hung over the comfortable leather sofa cushions where uncle bolsover loved to doze away the hours day after day uncle bolsover used to go peacefully off to sleep over his times among all these trophies and weapons of destruction there he lies to-day slumbering tranquilly the tranquillity the soothing sunshine all contribute to his happy dreams the squire's earned his repose he has been all the morning unpacking the huge case which has come jogging up from the other side of the world whence peregrine bolsover having heard of colonel diamond's marriage has dispatched an extra crate full of traveller's gifts to his family at home he had heard the news from his sister fanny whose flowing streams of correspondence contrived to reach the wanderer even in those distant countries which he frequented countries so far away so little known that it seemed as if they had been expressly created for his use the gifts are of a generous inconvenient and semi barbarous character elephants tusks rude strings of teeth and gold beads for the bride carved ostrich eggs for the colonel a priceless bamboo strung with the spine bones of some royal dynasty for mrs bolsover various daggers wrapped in rough paper and marked poison very dangerous for the squire a spanish leather saddle all embroidered for charlie beside several gods of various religions and degrees of hideousness gratitude natural bewilderment and hopeless confusion raise up mixed emotions in the family on receiving these tokens of their absent members affection the squire having conscientiously unpacked the chest ranged the various objects round the room and put the dagger safely in the cupboard out of the way feels that he has earned his afternoon siesta as he sleeps the door opens gently and a pale handsome young man comes in quietly by his rings by his black curls by his shiny shoes and red silk stockings it is easy to recognize charlie bolsover restored to his usual health and spirits and profiting by his newly gained honours and by the first days of his long vacation to come off uninvited and even under prohibition to the place where he is always returning in spirit good heavens charlie says uncle bolsover waking up with a start aunt fanny sent me in to wake you up uncle bol said charlie with a smile she says i may stay end of section 21